Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly. From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. From Edwin to Milk Belly, we've got some great musical buried treasures that you need to hear. Plus, Philadelphia's indie rocker Ron Gallo joins us live in the studio. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later on in the show, Jim, we're going to have Ron Gallo in the studio with us. Ron Gallo, an up-and-coming guitar player and songwriter who's really come into his own with his solo debut album, Heavy Meta. Good stuff, Greg, but that's later in the show. First up, it's time for one of our periodic digs for buried treasures, one of our favorite shows we do a couple times a year. Um, I don't know about you, all right? In the old days, I used to get stacks and stacks and stacks of cassettes, and I'd let them pile up on the desk until they started to fall over. Mm -hmm. And then I would take one whole afternoon and listen. And I'd write about this in the Chicago Sun-Times. Nobody reviewed demos in a daily newspaper. Now it's notes on Facebook and tweets and and email. Uh, So this is us sharing with you stuff that's well under the radar that you may not have heard, probably never would hear, we're going to shine a spotlight on these discoveries. Greg, you are first. Thanks, Jim. I've thought about this band since early this year when I saw them on the Conan O'Brien show. Does anybody watch the Conan O'Brien show anymore? I don't think so. I guess that qualifies as buried. But I have to tell you why I watch Conan, if at all, uh, is because a lot of the musical guests are pretty cool. At least they were. Uh, There was a fellow by the name of Jim Pitt, who was the longtime music booker for a couple of decades before he moved on to Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, and in that time, he, he would spot bands before they became big in a, in a really kind of prescient way. Um, this is uh, an example of that, uh, the middle kids from Sydney, Australia. Now, I took a note. I remember dr- jotting this down, saying, hey, middle kids, hey, here's a band to pay attention to. Uh, they played one song. They didn't even have an album out yet or any, much less an EP. And then our producer, Alex Claiborne, emailed me a few weeks ago and said, hey, you ought to check this band out, the middle mm. kids. Uh, she, she said, they sound like the go-betweens uh, meets Angel Olsen. I said, uh, Alex, you should become a critic. <laughs> right up your alley. Because that's a pretty good description. Uh, singer-guitarist Hannah Joy and her husband, Tim Fitz, they're the core of the band. Uh, Fitz is the guy who's playing the slide guitar on this song. Hannah's the, the, the lead vocalist. And then there's a drummer named Harry Day who fills out this trio. Uh, they just have one EP out, five songs, but I love it. Here's a track from Middle Kids called Edge of Town on Sound Opinions. I cannot remember anything you say when the streets are talking. Yeah, they call my name and I walk a little further. I could go all day and the trees are reaching, pointing out the way.
Edge of Town from the self-titled five-song EP from Middle Kids, one of my buried treasures. What's your first one, Jim? Greg, I'm going to talk about a band called Edwin, uh, which is actually two brothers, Jacob and Matthew Bowl. Um, I knew Matt's old band, Hudson Branch, a really fine uh, indie rock crew out of Chicago for a while. I, I wrote about them. Uh, the brothers have since moved on. Jacob's in L.A. Matt is in New York City. But they convened in the dead of last winter in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, to make a record together as Edwin. It's an EP called You Have No Idea, Man, that was recorded by S. Carey of Boney Vare and Brian Joseph, who's worked with Sufjan Stevens. Uh, it's his barn in the middle of Wisconsin, deep in the snows where they recorded. Um, this is rather Boney Vare influenced. You will recall, I do not like Boney Vare. This is the right side of that, mm-hmm. in that it's rootsy uh, folk rock that is very self examining. You know, uh, they're bearing their souls. They're looking at who they are as human beings in the language, and they are mixing in a fair amount of electronic experimentation. They said that their goal was Laurel Canyon, George Harrison meets Michael Kiwanuka and Pink Floyd. Wow. <laughs> and that's that's ambitious, right? So you get an email that says, hey, Jim, you used to like my old band, right? Now I'm doing this new band, and this is what I'm doing. And then you listen to it, and it pays off. Uh, that's the best kind of buried treasure discovery. So here is a band you should know about called Edwin. They have one EP out. You have no idea, man. The song is called Uncontrollable Pride on Sound Opinions. Edwin, You Have No Idea Man is the EP. You can find it on SoundCloud. The song was Uncontrollable Pride. Greg, what's your next buried treasure? Jim, I'm going to stay in Australia. I had middle kids uh, from Sydney earlier, and I'm going to go to another Australian band named Gang of Youths uh, that uh, just came. They actually came through town in in the summer where I happened to see them on a tip from uh, 
I have a couple of uh, musical buddies in Australia that uh, uh, tip me to new bands coming from there, and they people, said, you know, th- this band is pretty big in Australia. You yeah. guys don't know about these, yeah, these guys People think we yet. don't listen, right? But we're listening all the time. We read our emails. Absolutely. People wonder, how do you get these buried treasures? Well, you know, we have uh, we have our sources, our, you know, and my Australian sources are telling me Gang of Youth was a band to pay attention to. I saw them at about a hundred capacity club in Chicago. I don't think it was even full. Uh, not many people in the United States apparently have heard of them, at least on the level they are at Australia. I really love their second album, Go Farther in Lightness, uh, that just came out a few weeks ago. And, and this is going to be a track from it. Uh, the singer has apparently gone through a lot of uh, emotional and psychological drama in his life. There was a, a breakup of his marriage. There was drug, drug addiction, a suicide attempt, apparently. This is his way of tunneling out, I think. And this song in particular struck me as emblematic of that struggle and how he overcame it. It's called Do Not Let Your Spirit Wane from Gang of Youths on Sound Opinions. So have this dream that comes like twice in a week It's been so for years and years on repeat since then I've not had a full night of sleep As it plays out the same way I live with this girl and her kid I'm as happy as a pig rolling shit It's postcard, I'm settled, a pirate no more A gypsy most with no more It's boring but in the most exquisite of ways No carcinogenic and humdrum malaise it's strange all the things that I've run from Are the things that completeness could come from Gang of Youths with a song called Do Not Let Your Spirit Wane on Sound Opinions. After a break, Greg and I will dig up some more buried treasures. And later in the show, rocker Ron Gallo joins us in the studio for a live performance. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. All set to leave, then I kiss and goodbye. Get going, get grocery for something and I'm drinking alone in the do not let this thing you got go to waste Do not let your heart be dismayed It's here by some random disclosure of grace From some masculine great thing Let your life grow strong and sweet to the taste Cause the odds are completely insane Do not let your spirit wane
Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRigatis, and we're going through some of our recent favorite records that haven't gotten as much attention as they should, Buried Treasures. Jim, what's your next pick? Greg, I would be predisposed to like uh, any band with a name like Italian Beaches. You know what I mean? <laughs> like right now. You don't now, like beaches, though. I don't like beaches, but I like Italy. I would, <laughs> I would gladly be on the banks of Lake Como right now, I'm telling you. Uh, Italian Beaches is a trio from Lexington, Kentucky. They name drop Sun Ra, of all things, on their website, in that I think they're trying to be pseudo-mystical, science fiction, adventurous, uh, certainly a mix of genres. We have electronic music and folk music. I'm very much in a shoegazery vein with these uh, picks uh, for Buried Treasures this episode. Three people, live synthesizers from Farhead Razai, pre-programmed and live beats from Dave Farris, and an extraordinary vocalist, really ethereal. She, she's, you know, her, her mouth is moving, but this sound is coming from somewhere else, Greg. Reva Russell English. I'm really smitten by this, uh, above and beyond the name. Somebody email, you know, classic email, you know, hey, Jim, you're going to love this band. And you're like, oh, yes, I do. Thank you. Here is a song called Resolve by Italian Beaches. Their music's up on Bandcamp on Sound Opinions. by Italian Beaches on Sound Opinions. That is a fine buried treasure, if I say so myself. Greg, you got one more. Going to Chicago, Jim, Milk Belly is the band that, that I have uh, really loved for the last couple of years. And uh, actually, I what really sold me on the band uh, was seeing them in Austin at the South by Southwest Music Conference earlier this year. Eight o'clock slot, you know? Um, Thankless. Like a Everybody's Wednesday at night or yeah. Thursday night. I don't even remember precisely when. They show up late, you know, and you can tell they're kind of running in the door, like all out of breath. And mm-hmm. I'm going, wow, this is going to be a disaster because these guys are all out of sorts. You can tell they've probably driven 24 hours from Chicago mm-hmm. and just showed up. 
And they play this amazing set. I mean, there's all this rage and adrenaline flowing through. And I go, these guys, you know, I, I loved them before, but this really sold me on them. And I was really looking forward to their uh, new LP that came out just a few weeks ago called Nothing Valley. Turns out uh, on the way to Austin from Chicago, they'd snapped a steering column. Had a flat tire, seven-hour pit stop in Dallas, getting their van repaired. Then, just as they were getting to the destination, uh, a car swerved in front of them and nearly all died in a a massive accident. Just avoided that. So you can imagine what was going through their heads. And then to play a set like they played in Austin, on top of that experience. A 25-minute set, that that's was, all you've got. That was pretty amazing. It just just how they pulled it together, they got their sound together, and they played a great set. Um, Nothing Valley, uh, their new LP, uh, definitely lives up to uh, – the hype, if you will, uh, they, they, they come from various backgrounds. You know, they were playing in folk bands. They were playing in metal bands. This is kind of the sweet spot in the middle, the, the mixture of melody and mayhem that we love so much. Mm. The fuzz guitars with these melodies over the top sung uh, by lead vocalist Miranda Winters. James Wetzel, too, i got to give a shout-out to the drummer. Uh, he reminds me a lot of that jazz-punk vibe of a band like Lightning Bolt. Mm. Really puts a charge in this band. Milk Belly with a song called Off the Lot on Sound Opinions. from Milk Belly on Sound Opinions. That is my final buried treasure, Jim. What's yours? Greg, I'm going all the way to China. This is not a new recording. I have a fan in China, mm. Yingxi. <laughs> and, and occasionally he writes me and says, can I translate one of your articles and post it on this website I'm doing in China? And I'm, I was like, like, God, there can be no bigger compliment. He is a huge shoegazer fan. And he said, I must tell you, this is my favorite band ever. You will love them. So Omnipotent Youth Society forms uh, way back in the 90s in Shijiazhuang, a declining industrial city in northern China. Uh, it's also been the, the, the site of some uh, unrest. Uh, farmers in the surrounding province of Hebei uh, uh, fighting with the government. It is difficult to even be a band in a place like this, but they have had uh, success outside of China. It's a big band. There's horns. There's strings. There's a wonderful introspective 
psychedelic folk pseudo shoegaze sound that builds and builds and builds in the orchestral pop fashion of dare I say an arcade fire to these fiery guitar solos and almost my bloody valentine level of chaos. The album I'm going to play a song from came out seven years ago, but Jingzi tells me there is a new album coming. Uh, the band is very much a going concern. In 2014, they played in Central Park in New York City at a, at a festival. In 2015, they toured Taiwan. The song is called Kill the One from Shizang Wang, okay? <laughs> from Kill the One from Our Town. Um, I think it underscores the fine line that anyone in communist China is is taking, is walking when daring to make art that is not approved by the state. Right. Still, uh, we've talked about this on our show before. Jingzi says it's all about hip-hop now, but this band is doing something important, and I could not agree with him more. Here they are on Sound Opinion's Omnipotent Youth Society. Omnipotent Youth Society, Kill the One from Xi Zhang Wang. I'm looking forward to a new album. I really <laughs> am. That wraps up this edition of Buried Treasures. If you've got an album that's flying under the radar that everyone should hear, let us know. Give us a call at 888-859-1800 or connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. Coming up after a short break, we'll talk to Philly rocker Ron Gallo. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. He's Jim DiRigatis. And a few weeks ago, we spoke with the now Nashville-based garage rock frontman Ron Gallo. Gallo's uh, album Heavy Meta was one of my buried treasures earlier this year. And uh, he was a previous member of the Philadelphia-based band Toy Soldiers, a group that sounded like a blend of uh, folk and blues, very rootsy kind of sound. He's changed quite a bit since then. Uh, In 2014, he began reinventing himself sonically and personally uh, while developing his solo uh, act. When he came by our studios, he was joined by his bandmates, Joe and Dylan, and we started the conversation by asking him what led up to the creation and release of Heavy Meta. Yeah, I was in Philly for... 10 years. I went there for school. I stayed there, you know, which I got a bit stagnant towards the end. I was in a relationship for a few years. The last few years that I was there, I was writing this record sort of while that was happening. There was a lot of inner and outer turmoil surrounding that. And so, yeah, it just kind of came a time where everything in my life kind of said, it's time to seek some sort of change. I don't know, just kind of my worldview, everything that I was going through. The record was kind of like a purge, I guess, for me. And I guess sort of that reinvention. I guess it's the most myself thing I've done. You said the most yourself thing you've done. Did you feel in some ways that in your earlier work you, were, you weren't really getting at what you wanted to say and how you wanted to say it? I mean, it seems like the sound on the record, the Ron Gallo record, is very is different from what you were playing in your previous band. Yeah, I I think, honestly, I just didn't know for the longest time what the role of music and the purpose of me creating anything really was in my life. And I think for a while it was just kind of figuring it out. And that was sort of where, you know, this record sort of came into the picture. And it was like for the first time I was really kind of addressing things within myself and that I was seeing and being completely open and honest and like a lot more fearless than I think I had been in in like the way the place I've created from. Uh, I want to dive into that a little bit deeper in a second but before we leave your earliest days I mean you said you feel like the new music's more ambitious. Toy Soldiers the old band was not without ambition. Starts as a duo winds up as 10 pieces on stage. Yeah. I mean you were trying things. Yeah it was like training wheels. I I was just trying to figure out like I guess what I was trying to do my voice and that resulted in like a lot of different people playing a lot of different styles. You're like a big city wildfire with the eyes of a gold mine. Your soul kicked around in head. I can get you off of my mind. Before we get into the meta, Ron Gallo, uh, are you going to play something from Heavy Meta? Let's do it. What are you yes. going to play? I'm going to play Put the Kids to Bed and Kill the Medicine Man together.
Put the Kids to Bed and Kill the Medicine Man by Ron Gallo on Sound Opinions. Ron Gallo is, of course, Ron, who we've been talking to, but they're also the band. Put the Kids to Bed, there are echoes of so much great American garage rock. A little bit of screaming Jay Hawkins when you're speaking in tongues, right? (laughs) You're the first person... That's ever picked up on that. Ah, there you well, Screaming Jay. Man. Dude, absolutely. Insane. That was totally where that segment came from. When you kiss me, I do it again. I'm in the frenzy. 
and Kill the Medicine Man, you know, sounds like it could have come off Nuggets, a song like I'm, I'm Your Medication or, and the backing vocals and the guitar. So you're a student of rock history, referencing this stuff but making something fresh out of it because it's absolutely immediate and it's not retro revivalist. How did you discover that kind of music, garage rock? I don't know. It just really resonated with me. I think I really resonated with like the freakishness of that music and the people that created it. I was like, started. I always was aware of like the Stooges and Richard Hell and like Patti Smith and all that stuff. But later in my life, I was like, these are my people. I feel like I, mm-hmm. there's a, I don't know. It's like a freedom there to just kind of be yourself that like really kind of spoke to me. When you're writing a song like Kill the Medicine Man, it almost sounds like that's that period when you were sort of extricating yourself from Philly and, and moving on. That sounds like a dark period. <laughs> it was, it absolutely was. The relationship I was in at the time, it was the first time I was a very close and in a relationship with somebody that struggled with, you know, substance abuse and, and sort of that kind of thing. And for me, that's like such the other end of the spectrum. And it co- sort of changed the way that I, even just like my casual drinking throughout my 20s and stuff, like I sort of gave that up in support of her. And uh, it really opened my eyes. I guess sort of my like newfound ideology of like what the benefit of just kind of maintaining clarity of and, and you know looking at things from that you know an alternate perspective than just kind of like being in a haze and like rolling with so many normalized drugs in our society and culture nowadays it's there's like just too many to name it's just like this is what works for me everybody else do whatever they want but I that song is like more sort of me sharing like my what I think is the positive the only time that I feel dead. I think the great misunderstood thing about psychedelic rock is uh, I, I wrote a book about it, right? and, and 50% of the people I interviewed uh, say, you know, you had to take the drugs in order to make music in this style, and 50% said, absolutely not. It was all about imagination, mm-hmm. and, and it's transporting the listener to some place that exists only between the headphones. Yeah. So it sounds like that's where you're going. I'm crazy enough. I've been a psycho my whole <laughs> life. I don't need anything else, really. I mean, I've created my own language at this point. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like rainbows up there all the time. <laughs> Well, it seems to me like uh, the performances that I've seen pretty uninhibited. You may not be on any sort of drug, but there's a sense of like there's, there's an element of psychosis that seems to be <laughs> in, in certain Thank parts you. of the performance. And I would say that of the whole band, everybody seems to be enjoying themselves on a on there's a, a wild abandon. There. Yes, um, just yeah. one element of psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> we are not okay. Yeah, uh, that. Uh, was that sort of just a spontaneous thing that relates to the way the the songs came out, or how did that sort of emerge? Because I take it it wasn't always like that for you on stage. Yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely like I I feel like I usually return to a place when we go to play, that's sort of like a um, psycho version, in in like a liberating way. Like you get up there. And it's very off the cuff and in the moment. Just the antics and stuff. A lot of the songs are serious, serious topics, but like we don't really take ourselves that seriously. So I think balancing like the intensity with odd humor is usually what happens or like making people feel uncomfortable and like injecting awkwardness. And I don't know, there's been times we played shows and, and it's like this 
droning like super heavy part of a song and then i'll just go out and like hand oranges and apples <laughs> and bananas out to the crowd to just like maintain this like there's we're freak the people are uncomfortable but also like i love you while we go through this together kind of thing so it's maintaining that balance seen you reference in interviews your fondness for the commentary of really personal uh, comedians like Louis C.K. Yeah. Uh, and, and it seems like uh, you're trying to do something similar. You're not afraid to look like a jerk or to look exposed or you're going to let it all hang out, you know, in a way that in rock and roll, so many people are always trying to be cool. Yeah, right? we but are. In comedy, that's the opposite. No, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, there's a fearlessness to comedy that surpasses like any musician to me and i and i absolutely love that and uh i like any potential sacrifice of like i'm not trying to really protect myself from my ego in this it's like we're just going to say what we're going to say and if you like it that's fine if you don't like it that's also fine it really doesn't have an effect either way but you know people like andy kaufman too who Mm -hmm. i love i mean just his like ability to tamper with reality and creating like a sense of self-inquiry in people I think like being such a mirror like that is such a powerful thing. You know, people can be at a show and you say something and they like laugh at themselves or they think about something that they do all the time. That's probably the best thing that could ever happen. Oh, how about another song, fellas? Let's do it. What are you going to play? We're going to do a very, very new song called Sorry Not Everybody Is You. It's inspired by recent events here in America. Hmm. So not even on heavy meta. It's not even on heavy meta. You know, just uh, some some questions for people that, you know, live with hate in themselves and, and like to project it onto people.
Sorry, not everybody is you from Ron Gallo and the band. Your take on Positively 4th Street or the 2017 version of that. You know, it was inspired, I guess, by what happened in Charlottesville and and hatred that still lives and, and racism, homophobia, all these things that still exist. And really, the song is is just questions for people that that think or view the world or view other human beings like that, that cannot see the oneness or the sameness between us all. And I didn't know if the song would ever see the light of day, so it was just kind of like something I think I needed to, to get out. You're putting stuff out there, though, that could potentially be viewed as inflammatory. Yeah, I mean, I guess as soon as you put something out into the world, it is immediately available for a million interpretations, misinterpretations. I think they just have to kind of be okay with that at a certain point if you're going to create anything. So I just try to not take anything too seriously, really. I mean, even the most serious of songs, I mean, just to have a good humor about ourselves and and what we put out there and what we create, it kind of puts a buffer between... I don't know, it becoming, like, troublesome, you know, any kind of, like, attack. I mean, if anybody has anything negative, say, I love it. So, yeah. I mean, I almost prefer that to, like, hey, man, it's good. Cause, uh, man, what, kind of, <laughs> what kind of strings do you play, man? That was really great. Like, I I don't even, I absolutely hate, hate compliments. It's, like, I, I view them the same way as insults. It's, like, has no effect on what we do. I mean, it's it's kind of, like, at this point, entertaining ourselves and trying to do something all together and it's like however people want to take that I mean have fun with it I don't care really it's interesting to see you perform now because I didn't see you when you were writing this record around that period of time but it, it sounded like that that was an angrier place mm-hmm. that you were in for sure a song like why do you have kids or all the punks are domesticated these are not I'm really happy with the state of the world songs yeah do you still feel uh, these songs are representative of who you are and, and how you view the world now, or how do you take it? Not not really. Um, I think I have like a much more uh, understanding and compassionate view of, of the world than I did back then. What's interesting about it is I think the way that I was feeling three years ago in writing this record is how a lot more people feel now, mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic in a way. I think, you know, it took like social and political craziness that climate to kind of just go in a place that in a direction that people are not happy with so yeah but I you know I can return to the place I think there's still a a somewhat of a truth to it a part of me it's just not the dominant part I guess anymore so what what happened to make you so happy and positive the really like (laughs) the, the brutal process that most human beings like to avoid which is like really trying to face yourself and like look at your issues and look at how you look at things and like really trying to make a serious attempt to better yourself. It's a hard few years and I've been kind of blessed with people very close to me that have turned me on to things that have been very helpful and how I view the world and I don't know, just being open to that, being open to considering the idea that maybe I don't know anything about myself or the world and then go from there.
You are listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis. We're here with Ron Gallo and the band. Uh, Ron, do you have another song you want to play? All right. I think you mentioned all the punks are domesticated. I guess we could do that one. I love that one. Let's do it. Oh, where does Ron? Where does the song like "All the Punks Are Domesticated" come from? So before I moved out of Philly, the last job that I had there was a house cleaning job, and I worked with like a handful of punk rock kids, mm-hmm. just like to the T. Looked, lived, listened, act like just lived punk rock. We would pair off and we would go and we just clean houses all day. And what I thought was so funny was that these kids would talk to me about like their student loans and like how they're trying to put a down payment on a house with their significant other. And like that's a beautiful thing. It's I'm all about it, but it's just a funny sort of juxtaposition because usually the image of that or the idea of that is so contrary and like all we would talk about is domestic stuff and I was like I'm going to put all of this um, commentary into one song and it was this one mm-hmm. yeah. It's not even a secret, it's 
collection of digital remarks an apple falls at the park where your body lay deep within the clay it's just another day where all of the punks are domesticated all of the freaks have gone to bed. All the punks are domesticated. Ron Gallo and the band on Sound Opinions. What a treat. Thank you, fellas. Thank you guys so much, Travis. Pleasure to be here. We've got video of Ron Gallo and his band in our studios that you can find at soundopinions.org. Special thanks to Colin Ashmead Bobbitt and Andrew Gill, who engineered and recorded our session with Ron Gallo. What's on the show next week, Greg? Next week, Jim, looking very much forward to having uh, indie rocker Ted Leo live at the Goose Island Tap Room. Greg, as always, Sound Opinions was produced by Brendan Banisak, Evan Chung, Alex Claiborne, and Iona Contreras. Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800. I've been calling you what else your fault. You've been stalling your folks say you're not home. New messages. Yes, good afternoon. I was listening to your tribute to Fat Domino. My name is Charles. I'm calling from Tampa Bay area. Uh, I love the way that you uh, paid tribute to him and brought out the uniqueness of his talent, not just his style, but the fact that he did not fit the regular mold of many of the singers of his day. He was a heavier man, and he brought uh, something that was unique and compelling to uh, rock and roll music, one of the pioneers, one of the greats, and I appreciate everything that you shared about him, and I've enjoyed listening to your show. This is Richard in Greensboro, North Carolina. In 1962, the day I got my driver's license, I went to hear Fats sing in Greensboro, and I was rushing to get there because I wanted to hear him sing Blueberry Hill, 
I got stopped by a policeman. He said, where are you going, to a fire? And I said, no, I'm going to hear the fat man sing. And the policeman said, well, let me just lead you there then. And he did. He led me to the plantation supper club, and I got there just in time to hear him sing Blueberry Hill. I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill on Blueberry Hill when I found you Hi, my name is Suzanne. I'm calling from Sarasota, Florida. Uh, my fondest memories of Fats Domino was playing at the local skating rink. Uh, we weren't allowed to listen to music like that uh, normally, but at the skating rink, he was on full blast. And I can remember that feeling of forbidden and lusty sounds and uh, being a teenager and loving every minute of it. And I'm heartbroken that he's gone. Thank you for the program you did on him today. Bye-bye. Hey there, guys. This is uh, John from San Diego, California. I'm calling about your uh, musical costumes episode. So I'm a big fan of instrumental surf music, and in 1997, I picked up this record called Surf and Burn by a band called the Blue Stingrays. And uh, it quickly became one of my favorites, and I was like, who are these guys? You know, I've never heard of them. And uh, there's this fake history of the band on the back. And this was kind of the early days of the internet, so I could never really find anything. And it wasn't until years and years later I discovered that the Blue Stingrays are actually the Heartbreakers, uh, Tom Betty's backup band. It's a really great record. You should really check it out. There's a really cool cover of Goldfinger on there. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Bye. I'm going to help you guys see the light. You guys talked about uh, Paul McCartney and the Beatles as the originator of taking on the different persona with Sgt. Pepper, but Hank Williams had done that with Luke the Drifter as his gospel persona uh, at least a decade, I think, before Sgt. Pepper. So I want to put in a plug for Hank Williams and Luke the Drifter. Thanks. You'll meet many just like me up on life's busy street. With shoulders stooped and heads bowed low And eyes that stare in defeat For souls that live within the past Where sorrow plays all parts For a living death is all that's left For men with broken hearts No more messages to give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.